We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, it is a lovely morning, isn't it? Now, more of The Morning Shift. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is 7 o'clock, and we are back here on the Morning Shift this hour, brought to you by Zero Res, Smart, Lasting, Clean. The Atlanta Falcons have named Raheem Morris their new head coach. And Arthur Blank did put out this statement. He said, this is a historic day for the Atlanta Falcons. After a comprehensive search, we are thrilled to welcome Raheem Morris back to Atlanta as the team's new head coach with 26 years of experience in the NFL, including the last three an outstanding organization that has won our league's championship in that time. Raheem emerged from a field of excellent candidates and is the right leader to take our team into the future. Yeah, I, I think the, the crazy thing for me and throughout this entire process was, and, and we talked about it earlier, Jeremy Fowler puts out yesterday around 2 or 3 o'clock, I can't remember what time it is, that Raheem Morris had interviewed in Washington Wednesday and yesterday was on his way to Seattle. Bobby Slowick was the one in Atlanta at the time interviewing with Arthur Blank. And then, what, three hours later, it's like all of a sudden that hits a wall. Raheem Morris is back here talking with Arthur Blank and uh, obviously getting the job offer. And it was almost as if your hand was forced. It was like the interview was so good, we don't want him to go to Seattle, even have the thought of being getting away from us. So Yeah, and I'm trying to – the timeline, uh, when when they announced, it was at 350 Yesterday, when the team sent out the release that Bobby Slowick had finished his second interview, which means it probably ended around 3.30 or 3 o'clock or 3.45. You never know. And then I think it was 4.45 the news starts breaking or 4.30 or something like that. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted it. The other thing I think is really important to uh, to point out real quick before we get to the calls, Tiffany, is that Rich McKay is – Still the CEO of AMBSE, um, and he will still be uh, representing the team in league meetings, and he's still uh, in the competition committee. But he's not the guy that Terry Fontenot and, and Raheem Morris will go to when they need something. They will now go to straight to Arthur Blank. And I think that was caught up in the fray of this Bill Belichick stuff where a lot of people blame McKay or use McKay as their hero because they say, well, see, he wanted he wanted Rich out, and – I think all along it was Bill Belichick versus the Terry Fontenot and the scouting department and those guys, not versus Rich, because clearly that wasn't an issue. And now it's 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 Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris, and the 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 hierarchy is set. It's blank, Terry and Raheem, and they are sitting side by side under blank. So they're basically. He's the he's the boss. If you want to break down like a Sopranos version, and you can call them joint underbosses, or you can just say that there is no underboss. They're capos, and they lead different divisions, and they're both very high earners for the organization. Let's go back to the lines now and say good morning to Blake. We appreciate you all hanging on uh, to get in your opinions on this. So Blake, we'll start with you. Good morning. 
First of all, good morning, guys. I, I definitely, I know it's gloomy outside today, but where is the excitement? I, I, I see this breaking last night, and I'm super excited. Head coach, he, I mean, he has been a head coach. He's been on the offensive side. He's been on the defensive side. I'm super, super, super excited about this. And I don't know if, if, if I see haters, it's like you can't be a real Atlanta Falcons fan. People have a short memory. I don't know if you guys remember when he came in the last few games, the winning seed, the, the winning, winning the games, having the team behind him. I thought he should be the head coach right then and there. I did not think we should hire Arthur, but we did. And now I feel like we're rewriting the wrong and getting them in. I love this hire, and I did not want Belichick. Writing Thank the you, wrong. Guys. Yeah, writing the wrong yeah. is a great way to put it. Uh, and, and I kind of theorized that earlier as well as, well, you know, they didn't hire him back then. It makes no sense to hire him out. That's not true either. You can you, 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 you can both say it was a mistake back then and say that it's a good hire now uh, for them not to have hired him. I think that's I think that's fair. Not only that, but he's not the same guy he was three years ago. And point to his record, I think it was four and seven as the interim. That also follows the fact that Dan Quinn was zero and five in the first part of that. So he actually a, actually did a lot better. Was that during that time that window, or maybe I'm going too recent? But when everyone was jumping on the new, everyone wanted the next McVay and the next hot young like offensive coordinator to be the next head coach but maybe um maybe that was like uh, years before that I'm not when sure was that? Um, what was that again I'm sorry like everyone was going to try to hire the new hottest like OC to be the next head coach everyone wanted the next yeah, McVay kind that, of thing that was, was that in that window that was maybe that's it, what they it, did. yeah yeah it was what during yeah because that all started after the first Super Bowl and uh that 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 the Rams went to an 18 which was the first the 18 season with the night the Super Bowl was in January of 19 that's when uh the the run on the McVays that's when yeah. Zach Taylor gets hired in Cincinnati and that's where you see all these things and it's still going by the way it is yeah you know LaFleur yeah, play callers are having a moment there because LaFleur uh was hired if I'm not mistaken out of Tennessee as the OC that same hiring he cycle was, he was hired out of his that first one was 19 right yeah he he wasn't even I feel like he was in Tennessee for like a a year yeah he was, he was a drop in the yeah he was a non-play call in OC in LA with McVeigh and then he went to Tennessee called plays for a year then boom boom it happens like that that fast okay let's go back to the Lions good morning Matthew good morning lady and gentlemen what's up good buddy morning. I'm a troublemaker uh -oh. So I'm about to make some trouble. Uh-oh. Um, I like to take people out of their comfort zone. I I think we should all be talking about the real pink elephant in the room, and that is the racial divide in Atlanta. Um, I think this is a great hire, and it has to do with if you know about the inner workings of football, football is about the trenches. You know, there's flash on the outside. You got Bijan, he can run an 80-yard touchdown. But football is about imposing your will over someone else. And I just feel like you can even tell from the phone calls that I would like you guys to just talk about the racial divide in Atlanta for a couple of minutes. If we don't talk about it, it's not going to get better. Um, Raheem is a football coach, a leader of men. And that's what I want. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think he's spot on about the trenches. I mean, you impose your will up front and be able to do the right things as far as the offensive and defensive line goes. And, and, and look, Raheem Morris has been around both sides of the ball, and we've talked about that. And I think he'll have a role in that, um, you know, as far as that goes. And I, I got to be honest, most of the naysayers that I've seen about Raheem Morris are not 
not really Atlanta people, not really Atlanta fans. And that's kind of the, the way I come from it. If I, I, I had a, probably three or four Bucks people reach out and go, oh, nice, you know, Bucks, uh, you know, the, the Bucks guy that couldn't win here. I, it's not the same situation. Uh, and so. It, well, I think on the grander scheme of things, what this speaks to is the lack of diversity that we've seen in NFL head coaching hirings. And so it's nice to see Blank, who did talk about this a few years ago, how they hadn't backed it up themselves. Um, yeah, it's nice to see another black NFL head coach in the league. But beyond that, you want someone that can do the job. And you have qualified black candidates that can do the job. Raheem Morris is one of those guys. So, yeah. And does Atlanta happen to be have a, a huge? I like, can't like, think of a more qualified candidate. Exactly. Well, honestly, but, I mean, I really can't. But, I, it, but you that's can put all his coaching record away. I can't think of a more qualified but, person. But that's the problem. If you think this hire was made for that reason. If people are then saying I that, think, then they're out of their, then, they're out of their mind. And if you, don't, if you don't like, if you like or don't like the hire, based on what the coach looks like, I think that speaks to you and only you and how you see the world. I think the fact of the matter is, is that if you've been around him or you've been around anyone that's coached with him, played under him, you understand that this is a football decision. The Rooney rule was not made for any reason other than to make sure that all, all ALL capital qualified candidates got a chance to be interviewed and show that they were a candidate, a right candidate, and a right hiring for the job, and and it has not been used in the correct ways over the years. No, People just checking off boxes. But in this case, this is absolutely not that situation. We know Raheem Morris's record. We've all had our own interactions with him on a personal level. You know what guys are saying about him around the league. He is the best qualified candidate for the job, and he's earned this opportunity. Uh, back to the lines we go. Let's say good morning to Steve in Snellville. What's going on, Steve? Uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. I like the pick. I think he's well qualified. I think he's just what we need, a prior head coach. And how could you not like the fact that Bruce McKay's out of the picture? The only question I would have is why it took him 14 candidates to make this decision, and they could have hired him four years ago. I'll leave it at that and listen to what you had to say. Thanks. Good question. Appreciate the call, Steve. I think there's a couple of things. First off, if you're if you're clearing house in a building of, of a failed regime, I think sometimes it's best to completely wipe the slate. Agreed. But the second thing I'll say is that probably was a majority of the decision, but maybe they thought he's just not ready in our eyes and we want to give him more time, and if we ever have another opening, we'll always come back. I think we got lucky in the fact that he was still there. Available without a job, but I, I, I think the b- the yeah. bigger oh, yeah. issue to me was take yourself back to 2021 when when they hired Arthur Smith. Would you have been happy if if you would have seen the way the regime went Dude, down at that's the such end? A good point. And and and, such and a good I mean, point. you saw all this failure, and he was there for the whole thing, and he goes four and seven, and the Todd Gurley play happens against Detroit, and all these things go down, and you say. Yeah, I'm excited about keeping no, one guy left no. over. You wouldn't have been. And, and 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 for all the people that say, well, I'm not sold on it today, you really wouldn't have been sold on it in 2021. And How I, much does that influence? I, I, I probably need to ask some people in the league the public opinion because I don't think that matters. If you have the really? right guy in-house, I, no, I'm saying I don't think it should matter. I'm asking you, oh, and it I does. probably need to text some of my people. No, um, listen I, to, I my people. Listen to half that call. Be, no, I know. But, but half that call was about Rich McKay, who 
hasn't picked a player since 2007. His last draft was 2007. His last free agent class was 2007. He had nothing to do with any signing since 2007 season. But because he's been here for all of it, that's where a lot of the angst comes for, for people. And, yeah. and that's how it works. And un, however you want to look at it, that's just the fact of the matter. When you clean house, you can't keep one guy. You have to clean house. No, and that was my point earlier. That this was brought up, and I said, "Look, when you are when you are that bad, and what were they four and four and twelve uh, in twenty twenty? When you're that bad, sometimes you just need a fresh set of eyes on some of the people that are around. Sometimes you need a fresh way of doing it. And when you hire from within, you hire the interim. That's not what you get. It, you get set in your ways of saying this guy's good. This guy fits the system. We know what we're getting with this guy. And sometimes you just need a roster turnover and a staffing turnover and a different set of eyes, kind of looking at a lot of these things. So. Not only that, but I think he's grown a little bit winning a Super Bowl ring in the last three years and is much better positioned for this right now than he was three years ago. If you hung on the lines and we didn't get you in in this last hour, you can call back for the wake-up call. We will get you in. You can weigh more of your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons' new head coach, Raheem Morris. On the other side, we've got Atlanta Falcons radio network analyst Dave Archer joining the show. We're going to get his thoughts. And then after that, we got Tom Pelissero, who broke the news of Raheem Morris's hire from NFL Network, joining us here on the show as well. Stay tuned. This is the Morning Shift on Sports Radio 99 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're going to get on down now. We're talking all things Atlanta sports and beyond. This is the morning shift. Make some noise! On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back here on the morning shift on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We are going straight to the WadeFord.com hotline. That is where we find Atlanta Falcons radio network analyst and former Falcons QB Dave Archer joining us here on the show. It's been a minute. It's good hey, to Jeff. have you. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. It's good right. to talk about something that's concrete that we you can, know? Uh, you know, we can kind of sink our teeth into. It is good to talk yeah. about that. Tiffany and, hates the speculation, oh, Arch. Okay. Yeah. Can I? You know I'm what? with her. I'm with her. I can't stand <laughs> speculation. So I'm right with you, Tiff. Right? I, I'm a reporter. I deal with facts, Bo. I don't live in your little fantasy world. All right. The Atlanta Falcons have hired Raheem Morris as their head coach. What are your what is your initial reaction uh, to that news? I know you're familiar with him, very familiar with him, Dave. But yeah, what initially comes to your mind with hearing now that it is concrete? Yeah, just a uh, a leader of men. I think that <clears throat> this was a uh, a very diligent hire, a very digi- diligent uh, process they went through. I mean, think about uh, all the things you guys have been talking about over the last couple of weeks about the different people they were talking to. I didn't. I don't think they they didn't turn a rock over that they they were wondering about they turned them all over they in fact they rolled them over again two or three two two more times you know to talk to people more than once Raheem was one of those guys Raheem is in the building you know obviously a few years ago and um, I think there's a there was a comfort of of the kind of man he is he's a very solid leader of men uh, and I point to moments when I had a chance to be out at practice he initially was 
uh, on the offensive side of the football, worked with the wide receivers, and that wide receiver group responded to him extremely well. And then there was, when there was trouble on the defensive side, he flipped over to the defensive side. I don't know that I've ever seen you know a guy with with the success that he had with the two groups um, to flip over and start coaching the secondary. And the way he grilled that secondary uh, late in his in his tenure here with that that previous staff um, was was fun to watch and how they responded to that. I think some of those connections, the connections he has with players. Obviously, the X's and O's thing are part of it. He's a Super Bowl champion here just a couple of years ago, guiding a, a good Ram defense that ultimately won that game because of their defense. Um, all those things come to light. But I think it's, it's his connection with the players and then who's in the building as a player. You've got some young players like Jesse Bates and David Onyemata and, and uh, Caden Ellis, who, who are new guys that came over, a big part of that defense, the connection there, and then the young players – that will gravitate to him as the the man that he is. I think that that's what sticks out to me. Dave, we were theorizing as recently as yesterday on the show, like how much longer would this take? Would this be another week? Would this be after the Super Bowl? Right. Would it be in between? Why do you think this happened yesterday? I think the timing is interesting as well. I, I, I don't have a great answer for you on that, Mike. I think that uh, there was a – you know, obviously they had, they had talked to a number of people. They've talked – like I said, they talked to a number of people a couple of times. Um I think that, uh, from what I understand, Raheem, the second time they had a chance to talk to him, obviously the first time uh, was good, but the second time they talked to him, I think there was – every time these guys come in, there's a plan. They're, they're trying to present a plan. And you, you know this, the way it works with, with guys coming in as to what potentially their staff will look like. And I know that that's the biggest thing here is what is Raheem going to do with the staff? He's connected to a, no, a number of really good coaches – He's just been a, he's you know coaching with Sean McVay, which that's the style of offense that I think a lot of people are gravitating to. That you know Kyle Shanahan type style of offense, Matt Lafleur, those guys. Uh, that's what obviously that's what McVay does, and so he has that idea in place from an offense standpoint. Potentially, is that something he presented? So I think that the way he he blew him away with his with the second time they had a chance to talk to him. And then once they covered their bases, they wanted to talk to Coach Brable, uh, and I'm sure that was an outstanding meeting. Um, but I think he, I think they felt like they had talked to everybody they wanted to talk to, in in order of what the way they wanted to talk to him. And this was this was the right way to go for them. So everyone's got an opinion on what happened between Bill Belichick and why he wasn't the guy here. But but Arch, what, what do you think? Is I've got some I've I've talked about this today already and said what I thought. But what do you think? was the main disconnect between Belichick coming here? Because it did seem like this was, uh, the well, the only shot he had of getting the uh, job in the NFL. Yeah, it was curious, Bo, that no one else was talking to him. I think that that's, that's – and that's just me on the – I wasn't sitting in the meetings, obviously, so I don't know that that weighs in, how heavily that weighs in with Mr. Blank and Terry Fontenot and Rich McKay. I don't know if that had any to do with it. I don't think it would. I think it's going to be more about the presentation – that the coaches presented and they sat down with coach Belichick twice. I'm sure they got a, you know, there's a great reverence around the league for what he is, but you know, you're talking about a guy that um, is 72 years old, I think, or something like that. And, and you're talking about a guy there, there's, there's ways of coaching. And Mike, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this because you played for a guy that kind of comes from the same tree Although I don't think he necessarily coaches the same way, but there's this negative reinforcement 
that I think old school coaches have that I'm not sure necessarily works today. D- I Dave, I, I, I just said this to Tiffany 10 minutes ago sitting in the studio that there is, there, there's that component of negative reinforcement against positive. And I think the more and more you go through it, to your point, positive has begun winning out with a lot of these uh, former players getting put in these positions. Absolutely. And I think that, that you know, obviously a number of these younger coaches, Raheem would fit in that category, uh, are going to go from it from, from a different angle and how they connect with the players. Um, so I, I, that, to me, I think was the overriding deal. I think there, was, there were a number of probably demands that were attached to that. I don't know that, but there, there's, there seems to be some thought that there was a bunch of people uh, that were going to potentially come in. I think that the, the culture in the building there and give Arthur Smith credit and, 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 may, and probably even Dan Quinn to a certain extent, there, there is a synergy in the building. I mean, this is a team in the last 34 games uh, with the staff that was previously in that that played in 23 games that were one-score games. Let's forget the last two games. Yes, that was a disconnect the last two games, and that left a really bad taste in our mouth. But 23 of the 34 games this last last two seasons were one-score games. I think Atlanta won nine of those. And, and if you flip that, let's say you win – another half of the ones you lost, all of a sudden you look up in your two-time division winner and you're in the playoffs. And Tampa just proved if you can get in the playoffs and you've got a guy at quarterback that's hot, you could go do some damage. You can go you can go win something. You might go win it all. And so I think that's how close the team is from a personnel standpoint. Now there's a huge gap. There's a huge hole right now at the quarterback position, and that's going to be the number one concern. Obviously the number one concern will be putting staff together that's going to be able to maximize the players on this roster. But then what are you going to do at quarterback? Dave, real quick, we got about 30 seconds. Uh, I'm yeah. curious from, from your standpoint, the brand of football team you'll see on the field. And I, I think it comes from coaching line, lineage, but it also comes from personality of the head coach. And I'm curious to see what the personality of this team will be next year. I just think they'll be, I think they'll be dialed in, Mike. I think that based on what I, I talked about with his, the time I watched him spend, he would spend 30 to 45 minutes with the secondary uh, when he was here before and how much that group changed as far as recognition, knowing what they were supposed to do, being in the right place. I think you've got to get enough good players that if you have them in the right place, that they're going to make plays for you. Dave, appreciate the great insight. and glad we all have this news now being concrete. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Looking forward to hearing what the staff looks like. It'll be fun. It will be fun. That was Atlanta Falcons Radio Network analyst Dave Archer, also former Atlanta Falcons QB, joining us here with some great insight on the hiring of Raheem Morris. Now the Atlanta Falcons' new head coach. Up next, we'll have the man who broke the news on the story. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero joins us here on the show. That's after the break on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Good morning. Yeah! Back to more of the morning shift with Tiffany, Mike, and Bo on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Day Day, this is what you play leading into my guy Tom. This is. This is <laughs> All right, we are going straight to the. It's a good album, though. I hope Tom's got more energy than I this. Know. We're going straight to the way for com hotline where we find NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Tom, I hope this music's okay for you. I know you play. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
It is so good to have you on with us, Tom. We appreciate hey. you joining us this morning. Love it. And the voice. Tom plays guitar. Attaboy. He's in a band. Attaboy. Um, Tom, you've been all over. I mean, there's so, all over all the news going on with these coaching hires and everything uh, in the NFL. And you were right on the money with this Atlanta Falcons hire of Raheem Morris to be their next head coach. How did all of this come about? Why was he their guy? It was a really fascinating process, I think, for the Falcons. And obviously the NFL with some of the rule changes, the way that they've legislated things, um, especially this year, have encouraged teams to do a lot of interviews. So we've seen teams do anywhere from, you know, obviously the Raiders did three interviews all the way up to the Chargers did 15. The Falcons, I believe, had 14 different people that they spoke to. And theirs was really the who's who of, the big names in this cycle between Bill Belichick and Mike Brabel came in this week. They talked to Ben Johnson, um, you know, basically all the big names. And in the end, you know, they kind of narrowed it down to just a few. Bill Belichick was very much involved throughout the process. He had the initial meeting with Arthur Blank, and then he came in and did the car wash with all the football people. My understanding is uh, Bill Belichick and Arthur Blank continued to talk on you know, practically a daily basis and you know, work through different things and how they would set up the program. But, you know, there obviously are different voices within that building, and there was a lot of discussion about the best thing to do. With Raheem Morris, they get somebody who has been in that building before. He knows the culture in Atlanta. He knows, um, you know, how that building is set up and the challenges that they've faced and, you know, the people around there. With Belichick, it was going to be a vastly different Falcons organization. Um, you know, Bobby Slowick was also in it till the end. He had his second interview yesterday, but I, I believe Slowick was still on a plane back to Houston when they made the selection of Raheem Morris. So I think we'll learn more in the days to come, too, about the final debates. And obviously, you know, various people in the organization are going to discuss that publicly. But, you know, really, you couldn't be talking about more different candidates than Bobby Slowick, Raheem Morris, and Bill Belichick. I don't know how much those three guys have in common outside of they're all football coaches, but they end up with Morris, who's been a head coach before. Um, you know, he's still, I think he's 47 years old. Uh, he's getting his second opportunity. He's going to be a positive type of an energy guy. It'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. To the to the Belichick stuff, Tom, I know everyone's making this about, well, if Belichick's here, Rich McKay's got to go. But was it more like if Belichick's here, Terry Fontenot is not here? Well, Rich McKay was never going anywhere, certainly not out of the building. Now, obviously, the structure ended up changing with Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot now going to report directly to Arthur Blank, not to Rich McKay. But Rich McKay is an integral part of the entire operation of Arthur Blank's businesses. Uh, you know, with Terry Fontenot, I, I don't believe that it was a, a non-starter for Bill Belichick for Terry Fontenot to be around. But again, Belichick is always going back to the Cleveland days. Uh, you know, he's had in his contract forever that you don't have a general manager. So whatever Terry Fontenot's title would have been, even if he remained the GM, you know, really Bill Belichick would have been functioning as the GM. He would have had control over the roster. He would have had control over operationally. Uh, a lot of different things that they did. So it was less, I believe, about you know who had to get fired and who had to leave the building than the reality that Bill Belichick has won more football games than almost anybody in NFL history doing things a certain way. You don't just step in if you're Belichick and the people that he would have brought with him 
and just, you know, go, okay, we're a quarterback away. We'll just keep, kind of keep doing the same thing and, you know, try to get better this year. No, you would be installing a program and a culture. Those things take time. Uh, and, you know, with, you know, with Belichick and any of these potential fits, you know, he's 72 years old. You may not be looking at that if you're an organization and saying, this is a, a program that we're installing for the long haul here. So are we going to upend everything we know about, you know, running a football organization for a few years of Bill Belichick and then whoever he would tab his successor to be? Tom, they, they had the opportunity to hire him three years ago as the interim coach when Dan Quinn was let go. In, in, in your opinion, how big have the last three years in Los Angeles been in Arthur Blank's eyes? You go out and you win a Super Bowl ring, you become a defense coordinator, you, you get tutelage under Sean McVay. I have to think that Arthur maybe regretted his decision in some capacity. Yeah, well, that I think is a really good point because, you know, Raheem, yeah, he was, went and was a part of a, a championship and he got a Super Bowl ring and he, you know, experienced something different. You know, Raheem, through the course of his career, he obviously got his first uh, head coaching opportunity in Tampa. Uh, he's ended up in Atlanta. He's coached both sides of the ball. Going and being a coordinator uh, with the Rams was something, you know, a little bit different for him, too. So, you know, I do think it's it's really interesting that three years ago, not only did Raheem get passed over for the job for Arthur Smith, but, you know, if memory serves on that search, Raheem was not like a finalist. He was not one of the serious candidates yeah. for that job. They kind of locked in. You know, obviously they wanted an offensive coach, too. Um, that ended up with Arthur Smith coming in, and I, I think that, it's something we said for Arthur Smith and as well as Terry Fondo and the job that they did over three years because, you know, yes, they won seven games in each of those three seasons, but they had to flip the roster. They had to clean up the cap. You absolutely have to say the team is more talented now than it was three years ago. They moved on from, you know, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, but those are, those are older pieces. I mean, Matt Ryan's out of football. Julio is, you know, was a bit player who signed on to the practice squad late in the season uh, for the Eagles. These were guys toward the end of your, toward the end of their run. They had to fix things and eat a lot of dead money. They did that last year. You know, that was a top ten defense for a lot of the season. They pumped a ton of resources into it uh, in terms of free agency and going out and getting guys like Jesse Bates. They didn't have a pass rusher and they didn't have a quarterback. They got a bunch of, you know, three different top ten skill guys. The offensive line is better, but they never invested in the quarterback. And I think that if you went back in time and you were thinking, you know, all right, I'm on a six-year contract as the head coach, I've got time. But maybe in hindsight, you needed to move a little bit faster to go get the quarterback. They were a quarterback away throughout that uh, period of time. And so, you know, Raheem Morris now steps into a better situation than he would have three years ago. And a big part of that is the groundwork that – Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have laid. I mean, Raheem Morris taking over a team with a bunch of old guys and trading away Julio and having Matt Ryan at the end, who knows, you know, what direction that goes. Now he steps in and you feel like, now there's more pressure in this situation, I think, but you, you have to feel like, all right, I'm stepping into a spot where if we can fix the quarterback situation, which is easier said than done, we got a chance to compete in not the greatest division right now. NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero joining us here on the morning shift. He broke the news that the Falcons were zeroing in on hiring Raheem Morris. So now that we have Morris as the Falcons head coach, Tom, when you start to look at how he may build out his staff, who are some of the targets that maybe he'll be able to go after for his OC and his DC? Well, I know it's been out there. Zach Robinson, who has worked with him with the Rams, is certainly going to be 
a top candidate for the offensive coordinator job. Zach Robinson's got other opportunities as well, and so we'll see you know, kind of how that goes. There are processes. There's a Rooney Rule aspect to hire an offensive coordinator. You can't just snap your fingers and bring whoever you want staff-wise. So they got to go through that process with all three coordinators as well as the quarterback's coach. Defensively, the name I've heard is Jimmy Lake, another guy that Raheem Morris has uh, worked with in L.A. Raheem, we'll see, you know, does he decide to call the defense? Is he going to be more of the CEO-type head coach? He definitely has a strong defensive background, and so he'll have a, a big voice uh, in that as well. Tom Pelissero joining us here, NFL Insider. Tom, real quick, want to go around the NFC South with Carolina. You know, Dave, David Tepper is a guy that gets a lot of flack for some of the bad decisions he's made, and I'm one of the people that's given it to him. But he goes out, hires Dan Morgan, and then they hire Dave Canales as the head coach. Is this Dan Morgan's hire? Is Dave, did David Tepper finally kind of relinquish some of the power? Or what should we make of that situation? David Tepper has not uh, relinquished power. He is he has created a different type of an organizational structure in terms of uh, Dan Morgan. I can't remember the exact title. I want to say it's president of football operations and general manager, which now allows them to hire an additional front office person. Brad Tillis from Kansas City is a name that's come up a lot. And then uh, the head coach, uh, David Tepper, was certainly part of that process. The GM and the head coach will continue reporting directly to Tepper. So that piece of it is not changing in terms of putting a buffer in there, which is something that I know people have talked about. You know, I personally believe David Tepper can be a really good owner because he's willing to spend resources. He's pumped money into every uh, every department, every part of that building. Uh, you know, he just hasn't hired the right people yet. And so with Dan Morgan, he's a known commodity, of course, in the organization, going back to his playing days. And he had a long relationship with Dave Canales when Canales was a young uh, assistant coach with the Seahawks, and Morgan was there for seven, eight years. So those two knew each other. Uh, but I, w- I would tell you, this was you know everybody involved coming together on this. A big thing for David Tepper was, we got to fix the offense. We got to fix Bryce Young. That was job number one. Uh, fix the number one pick going into this offseason. Well, in Canales, you know, among other things, you get a guy who has had success with short quarterbacks, uh, Russell Wilson. In Seattle, obviously, Canales coached under several different coordinators there, from Daryl Bevel to Brian Schottenheimer to Shane Waldron. So different offensive philosophies, but Russell Wilson had uh, success under all those. Then Canales goes to Tampa with Baker Mayfield, and despite a lot of injuries and a lot of challenges that they had, banged up on the offensive line, the receivers in and out, they weren't running the ball early in the season. He really got the most out of that team, and they finished strong. Uh, he showed creativity, which is a big deal to David Tepper as well. And so this is definitely a bet. Uh, let's be very clear on this. Dave Canales is a one-year coordinator. There is not a tremendous uh, history of success with one-year coordinators. And this was his only interview. But you know, five years ago, there was a guy named Matt LaFleur who was a one-year coordinator in Tennessee and only had one interview, and he was the last interview for the Packers. And he ended up getting that head coaching job and has been one of the best coaches in the league. Obviously, a guy who used to work for the Falcons as well. Been one of the best coaches in the league since he came in. That's what they're hoping for with Dave Canales. But but think about the aftershocks of this, too. And you always have to think about the backfilling parts of the coaching search. So the Panthers hire Dave Canales. They're hoping that's going to work out. Well, now the Bucks, who just won another division title and won a playoff game, they got to figure out how to backfill an offensive coordinator spot, and Todd Bowles will be under his third coordinator. Plus, Baker Mayfield's a free agent you got a lot of different uh, factors involved, and 
you know, to you know, make a long story longer, going into this process, you had eight head coaching openings, six teams didn't have an offensive coordinator. Now you got a backfill for Brian Callahan in Cincinnati, which they've already done with Dan Pitcher, and Tampa's got to replace Dave Canales. Even without, you know, Ben Johnson getting the job, we're already at half the league that's going to have a different offensive coordinator in 2024. That is unbelievable uh, degree of turnover, and there's some teams that are going to have to be crossing their fingers and hiring a young guy and hoping for the best. Wow. Good stuff. Put it like that. I know. Great stuff. Tom, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for the insight, for the time, and for your vocals to start the segment. Yeah. I'm not the only one that sings on this show. Us back together again. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> I love it. Well played, Tom. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks, man. That was NFL Network insider Good Tom Pelissero, who broke the news of Raheem Morris uh, being hired by the Atlanta Falcons, just joined us here on The Morning Shift. That was awesome. Well, just ahead here, we have our wake-up call. You can weigh in on some of Tom's great insight or anything else we've discussed during the show. You can do that at 404-726-0929. Give us a shout. We'll talk to you at the top of the hour. This is The Morning Shift on Sports Radio, 99 The Gate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.